Welcome back, disciples, to another episode of the Disciples Haven. Today, we're going to discuss the events of the waters receding from Noah and the events that transpired after. So as always, we ask our Father to bless us with wisdom and understanding as we read His Word today and ask that He bless us by opening eyes and opening ears in today's episode of Genesis chapter 8. Amen. Welcome, one and all, to today's episode of The Disciples Haven, the show that brings you God's Word one chapter at a time. Just to recap from our last study, God has caused the terrain on the land. Noah and his family, along with two of every flesh, were aboard the ark, and God sealed them in. And we pick up where the rains have now stopped, and the water begins to recede. Now, keep in mind, this wasn't an instant receding type of thing. It took time. But without further ado, Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, and it reads, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. In other words, the waters began to settle and recede. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. Now, why did all this happen? As it said in verse 1, God remembered Noah and every living thing with him in the ark. Don't ever think that God forgets about you. God takes care of his own. God always remembers his promises. Verse 4, And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month, in the tenth month on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. That would be about three months later, so a slow receding of the water because now the mountain tops are able to be seen. And it came to pass at the end of the forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. A raven. Why a raven? Well, you should know that a raven is not a clean bird. In other words, it's not a bird for us to eat. They are scavengers. They eat the carcasses off dead animals or even humans. Also, he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. A dove now is a clean animal. But most importantly, a dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Something to keep in mind. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. Now a raven and a dove were sent, but only the dove returned. Well, as we just learned, ravens are scavengers, and most likely was feasting on the numerous amount of dead that it would find in the area, since God killed everyone and everything in that area. Verse 10, And he stayed yet other seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came into him in the evening, and lo, and her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. Why an olive leaf? 
Well, it's important for you to understand that the olive is very symbolic throughout God's word. Olive oil is symbolic of our people. Well, what people are we talking about? The 12 tribes of Israel. The judges and kings appointed to rule the 12 tribes were anointed with olive oil. The 12 virgins that Jesus Christ taught about needed to have olive oil in their candles. There are numerous passages written throughout God's Word using the olive and olive oil that we use to this day. But as we study more in God's Word, you'll see how we can use some of that knowledge today. Now, something else to ponder on with what I said on the last episode, how Noah's flood was not worldwide and how it was only for his area. Because think about it. It takes an olive tree roughly five years to be able to produce fruit. Five years. And this dove brought back an olive leaf, just like that. The world that was, meaning the first earth age that we all lived through, that was destroyed completely by a massive shake of the earth and a massive worldwide flood. But Noah's flood was only for the region that Noah lived at, not the entire world. Verse 12, And he stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundredth and first year in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And the second month on the seventh and twentieth day of the month was the earth dried. And if you've been keeping track of these time periods from chapter 7 verse 11 to here, chapter 8 verse 14, you'll see that we have exactly one solar year. Now, why is that significant? Because we, as God's children, are called to be children of the light. If you notice, going by our today calendar, we go off of what we know as a lunar calendar. So what's the difference? It's a calendar full of mistakes. We have leap years and it's never accurate. But if we used a solar calendar, like how the people back then used, we'd come to a perfect year. Today, we use a solar calendar to celebrate the Holy Sabbaths like Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles, etc. How? Well, the earth tilts on its axis at about 21 degrees, a result of God's anger during the overthrow of Satan or the Ketubal in the Hebrew tongue. When God shook the earth, he tilted it on its axis 21 degrees. Because of that tilt, we now have the four different seasons, the jet streams, etc. But there are two days in our year that are equal throughout the year, the spring and the fall equinox. That's when the earth is not tilted. The days have an equal amount of time in them. By using these events, we can determine solar-wise the highest Sabbath to be honored. Anyways, that was just a little side note for you guys. But as we uh, continue our lectures, you're going to eventually end up knowing this. Verse 15. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. Now, think of this as a clean start. God has wiped away everything that offended his ways of doing things. It seems to be a circular pattern of things, doesn't it? Man messes up, God comes and has to make things right again, only for man to mess it up all over again. And you'll see what I'm talking about as we read on. Verse 18, And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. And every beast, 
every creeping thing and every fowl and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now, this is the first time the word altar is ever mentioned in the Bible. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. You know, while we are in the flesh, we are susceptible to the ways of the world. You, as the discipled Christian that you are, You're supposed to be tougher and smarter and should be able to overcome the ways of this flesh world through Jesus Christ. Verse 22, while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Let's read that verse one more time, shall we? While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. But Jose Our politicians and activists tell us that the Earth's climate is changing and we're all going to die in 12 years due to climate change. God's word literally says no to all of that. Cold and heat, summer and winter shall not cease. Yes, some summers will be hotter than others. Yes, some winters will be colder than others. Yes, our pollution damages our Earth to a degree, but we are not going to dramatically change the global climate. It's written. God is the one who is in control, not us. He is. Man is always looking for a way to create their own salvation, aren't we? We never learn from the events of the Tower of Babel. And look at us now, open and willing to pay taxes for emission laws and cut down on actual good fuels like fossil fuels that can work just to try and create our own salvation. Rather than praying to God, we continue to look to man for our salvation. It's pathetic, really. Next time some politician who just flew in on their private jet lectures you about your carbon footprint, I'm not saying to do anything, but I became very familiar with certain sign language in the Marines that seemed to be universal and gets the point across. I'm just saying, but I digress. That concludes chapter eight of the book of Genesis. I want to thank you for joining me today and learning more about God's word. The day after this episode airs, since we were talking about the solar calendar, I'm going to post the 2023 calendar to highlight some significant days that call for our attention. And feel free to download it, print it. Creating this calendar was no easy task, trust me. Having to go back thousands of years and trying to account for days missing that Pope Gregory threw out, which is why we have the Gregorian calendar today. But using the spring and fall equinoxes, and with the help of another very well-grounded Bible student, we were able to come up with the holy days that we should celebrate according to the 21st chapter of Leviticus. And as these holy days come up, don't worry, we'll be discussing why we should celebrate them and how we know it to be true. May not be 100% correct as far as the calendar goes, but it's the closest thing that we have. And honestly, it's not about the day, really. It's about the obedience. As long as we celebrate and commemorate these holy days, and we know the significance of them, and we take the time to pray to God, I think that's what's most important. More on that, though, in the near future. Remember, if you liked today's episode, like and share it. And if you're able to, don't forget to leave a review wherever you may be listening to the show on. 
If you have Instagram, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram where I post updates on the next episodes. And remember, while you are hearing me do these teachings, don't take my word for it. Go back and study it yourself. Be a Berean and ask for God's wisdom. Always check those who teach God's word. You have a mind of your own. Use it. Stay tuned for the next episode where we will begin chapter 9 of the book of Genesis. You won't want to miss it. Go in peace. Peace.